When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's Monday, November 8th, and you're tuned into the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast. I'm Joe Noga, joined by Paul Hoynes. Hoynesy, uh, we've got Aaron Savali, in, uh, the Cleveland right-handed starting pitcher who missed a chunk of the season last year with uh, a finger injury. Uh, uh, he's next up on our list of uh, players that we're breaking down on the 40-man roster. Uh, but first, let's, let's get to some, some news from the weekend, and then we'll dive right into uh, Savali. Cleveland went ahead and uh, made a few roster moves and announced the hiring of a uh, hitting coach uh, over the weekend. Uh, Chris Valeka is the new hitting coach. He's going to replace Ty Van Berkelio. Uh, They also made a couple of announcements. They picked up Jose Ramirez's uh, contract option, $12 million for next season. They declined the $7 million option on Roberto Perez. Uh, as well as outrighting Nick Wittgren and Cam Hill off the 40-man roster. And they put uh, Francisco Perez, the rookie lefty, on waivers, and he was subsequently picked up by the Nationals. Let's start with the hitting coach, uh, Valeka. How surprised were you to hear uh, the news that uh, this guy really only had one year on the bench in Chicago uh, is, is now the, the new hitting coach in Cleveland? No, I, I, I was surprised at the name, Joe, I guess. Uh, but there's, there were so many, uh, so many teams have turned to younger and younger coaches, especially hitting coaches, um, you know, that, that I guess are analytic, analytically inclined, that are, you know, that have worked in the minors, um, that, uh, you know, can maybe relate, you know, have a, have a better line of communication with younger players. Uh, that I wasn't really that surprised that they, they went this route. Um, I, you know, so, you know, I don't know much about uh, uh, Valeka. I, you know, so we'll, we'll, we'll have to see and what his philosophy is. You know, we haven't talked to him. So I, I'm anxious to see, you know, what approach he's going to take. Right. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting. You said the, a lot of teams are turning to these younger coaches. Uh, Valeka only 36 years old. He only wrapped up his, his playing career. And it, w- it wasn't much. He played what four major league seasons, only about 99 total games as a, an infielder. Uh, he, uh, you know, worked as a minor league hitting coordinator for the Cubs before spending the one year under David Ross as the hitting coach uh, responsible for 
you know, really bringing along some of those young Cubs hitters um, as far as guys like uh, Patrick Wisdom, who I believe was what led the led National League rookies with 28 home runs last year. Uh, I think, you know, that's that's sort of what the what Cleveland was looking for was a guy who can really communicate with the younger uh, players, uh, those those sort of 4A players that they want to try and bring along and make into the solid major leaguers. Yeah, and it, as we've seen, Joe, uh, you know, it, 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 there's not really uh, one hitting coach anymore, you know, on most major league teams. There's a, the hitting coach, there's the assistant hitting coach, and the assistant hitting coach probably has a hitting coach as well. And then there's, you know, a couple guys in the front office uh, that, uh, you know, run the, hit, the, run the swing camps and, and do the digital stuff. Uh, so this is, it's going to be interesting to see if that, if the Indians can uh, kind of build a hitting program that is, has been ex- as successful as their uh, program in developing pitching. Yeah, that's, that's the real key is they've, they've had the success in, in churning out young starting pitchers for so long. Uh, can they do it with young position players? And they've got prospects coming up through the system who uh, are going to need that coaching are going to need that sort of uh, that guy, like uh, like a Ruben Niebla was to the young pitchers that had talent, like Shane Bieber, Aaron Savali, and those guys. Uh, you know, maybe Valeca uh, connects with George Valera, and you know, shoots him off into the stratosphere as he as he makes it to uh, makes it to the league. Uh, looking at the the other moves that they made, the roster moves, uh, we expected the Jose Ramirez contract option to be picked up, but not a surprise that the Roberto Perez option was turned down. No, not, not, not at all. And, you know, uh, as, as has been written many times, I think uh, the, uh, you know, exercising Jose's, uh, uh, you know, $12 million option for 2022 was probably the easiest option, you know, pickup uh, in, in the big leagues this year, based on performance and uh, what he's going to make this you know, in, in 2022. So that was, that was a no brainer. Uh, I'm anxious to see, uh, you know, the, the, uh, in, uh, you know, uh, reviewing the, um, you know, what Chris Antonetti said in the, in the zoom call on Friday, uh, sounds like maybe they've left the door open a crack to, to bring Perez back, you know, but he always says that about his, the free agents at the park. So we'll see about that. And hopefully, one way or the other, Roberto gets a job somewhere. I think he's too good a catcher not to, and I know he wants to keep playing. And I guess the best we can hope for him is good health. I mean, I think if he's healthy, Joe, he's a frontline catcher, at least defensively speaking. Right. Yeah. Hey, maybe uh, maybe he realizes a dream and gets to play on a and back up uh, his his buddy and his countryman Yadier Molina. Maybe uh, somebody like St. Louis takes a uh, a run at him or. Something like that. Who knows? Uh, that's just I have no knowledge of that whatsoever. Uh, as far as the players that they cut, uh, we sort of started to see the the maneuvering that they are doing in the front office to try and clear space for all the prospects and all the players that they're going to need to add uh, to the forty man roster in order in order to protect them from the Rule Five draft in December. If that Rule Five draft ever takes place, we we don't even know. Uh, if that's going to be the case uh, based on the collective bargaining agreement. But, uh, you know, moving on from Nick Wickren, who, who really gave them, what, maybe two and a half solid years out of the bullpen 
uh, before he really struggled uh, the second half of this past season. And uh, Cam Hill, who never really got it going uh, or had a chance to after uh, suffering a, a, a broken wrist in the offseason in, in a car accident, uh, he sort of rehabbed throughout the season and, and they, they freed up a roster spot there. Uh, the one that I was sort of curious about was Francisco Perez, a uh, young guy. They brought him up. He got shelled in his first outing, went back down to the minors. Uh, he came back and really in three more appearances throughout the year, looked really good out of the bullpen, uh, threw hard, didn't walk anybody, uh, you know, a couple innings each outing. And uh, they, they just basically let him walk to, uh, to the Nationals. Yeah, and if you look at his numbers, Joe, in the minors, I'm sure that's what the Nationals and every other, every other team were looking at. Big numbers, big strikeout numbers. And, uh, you know, we never got to see him. You know, we didn't really get to see him on a limited basis. You know, left-hander uh, that threw hard, that struck people out. So, you know, we'll see how that goes. Was, was that maybe uh, a, a matter of choosing uh, a roster spot for, say, Anthony Ghost over uh, this, this rookie uh, Perez, uh, I mean, one of those two guys was probably not going to get a roster spot. Yeah, that's a great point. I didn't think about that, Joe. But uh, you know, Ghost may perhaps more of a proven project. Uh, you know, prospect. Uh, uh, you know, big arm, big left-handed arm. Uh, throws touches a hundred. So they've seen him. They've invested a lot of time in him. So yeah, maybe maybe that was the call there. And, and Joe, what what's the roster at right now? Uh, it was somewhere around. 35 or 36, I, I believe there was, there was one player that uh, had elected free agency or yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's, it's at 35 right now. So, yeah. you know, there's, there's room there, but you know, they, they still probably have to make a couple more uh, decisions on guys uh, as they get closer to that. Uh, was it the November 20th cutoff date? Right. And, and Naylor's still got to come be activated, right? Naylor and, Right. They will have to add Naylor and Nick Sandlin uh, back. Yeah. So that takes two of those spots off. So again, uh, a lot of decisions to make. All right, let's, uh, let's dive in. The, uh, the, the, the headline for today is our uh, breakdown of the 40 man roster. We're looking at Aaron Savali. Uh, Savali is sort of the, uh, the poster child for the Indian season, uh, if you will. Uh, he started off great, uh, was, was really one of the top pitchers in the American league through the first two months of the season. And then when the injuries hit uh, Shane Bieber and Zach Plesak and the, the rest of the, uh, the club starting rotation, uh, Aaron Savali was not immune to that. He uh, suffered a sprained finger. Uh, he missed what more than a month or two months actually uh, rehabbing the finger coming back. And then when he came back, he, he really wasn't, wasn't quite the Aaron Savali that we saw when he uh, left with the injury. Uh, the home run ball uh, really sort of came up and, and bit him. Uh, what did you take away from Aaron Savali's season this year? Yeah, I, I just thought, Joe, you know, like you said, great, great, great start to the season. Went 10-2 and two with a 3.32 ERA in his first 15 starts. You know, 70, 76 Ks, 23 walks. Um, he was, you know, he was he was just automatic almost, you know, he, he was giving the Indians innings. He was giving them wins, striking people out. And then, you know, he hurt that finger on June 21st against the Cubs, the middle finger on his right hand. And, uh, 
really kind of, he, he, you know, he, he, like you said, he missed two months. He didn't come back until September. And then the six starts in which he came back, you know, he, he you could tell he'd been off and he was struggling to find himself. You know, he was, I think he went two, he went two and three with a 5.74 ERA in those, in those uh, uh, six starts and gave up, you know, nine home runs, nine of the 23 home runs he allowed for the season in, uh, you know, in 26 and two third innings. So, you know, he, he was, he was not the same, but the fact that he, <clears throat> that he made it back you know, for those six starts, uh, I think, you know, and he, and uh, in his last start, you know, he, he pitched six scoreless against Texas to, you know, the final game of the season. So, you know, that gave him, you know, some impetus, impetus going into the off season. Yeah. It, Chris Antonetti mentioned that when he talked about Shane Bieber coming back and pitching those last two uh, starts, he also mentioned Aaron Savali and the, the last start that he had sort of getting that good feeling and, uh, you know, from those six innings and, and walking off the, the mound that way, uh, another, uh, you know, positive sign. It, it's not like Aaron Savali is a guy who doesn't give up hits. He he led, what, all, all, all the American League, 82 hits allowed in the shortened season in 2020. Uh, so that was, it's not surprising that he gives up hits. He's a guy who doesn't necessarily give in to hitters uh, and, you know, he, he'll, he doesn't want to walk you. So, uh, you know, that part wasn't surprising as much to see. It was just sort of the way that he he didn't look like his old sort of bulldog self, be able to go out there in those last, you know, six outings to to sort of eat up innings. And, you know, if he was healthy, we, we should have seen him get past the sixth inning each time. And we really didn't see that. We saw him uh, really struggle to do so. Uh, I, I'm surprised the the 2020 that. The 2022 projections for Aaron Savali, uh, based on baseball reference right now, have him at only 142 innings pitched. Uh, that's what they're projecting for him next year. And that, to me, seems really low. Uh, I, I think Aaron Savali, if he's healthy and can you know, pitch uh, from the beginning of the season to the end, I think he's a 200-inning guy. I, I think he's always been an innings eater for, for this club, and that's one of the things they like about him the most. Yeah, Joe. I mean, he threw 124 innings this year, you know, in, in 21 starts. I mean, you know, I mean, and that's, you know, with taking it with two months to a big two month hole in the, in the middle of the season. So I think, yeah, I, I would project him as far as deeper than is going more than a, a 140 innings for, for sure. And the thing i like about Savali is, um, you know, his ability and his willingness to adapt, uh, you know, we, we, as we've talked about numerous times this win, uh, this 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 past season, you know, he he was willing to change his whole repertoire, his whole is basically his whole mechanics last off season to uh, you know to put himself in a better position uh, to to win games and help the Indians win games this season, and the the fact that he throws six pitches, you know, he, like you said, he's not a dominant guy he's not throwing 100 miles an hour you know he's he's topping out at 92 93 94 miles an hour but the fact that he throws six different pitches and you know he and he throws it there's not he doesn't lean on one in particular he spreads the wealth around and I think that diversity really gives him an advantage over hitters well and it's it's really interesting to see him and the way he worked with Austin Hedges this year in game the adjustments that he made you say you talk about the six pitches 
but he's a guy who, if he's throwing, you know, his, his cutter and his, his change are working, but his curveball he doesn't have a feel for it at a particular time in the game, he can go away from it, maybe come back to it. He'll make adjustments like that from pitch to pitch, from batter to batter. And it, it's really just interesting to watch the chess match go on uh, in his own head. Uh, like you said, he doesn't, he doesn't necessarily overpower you, and that, that can sometimes lead to uh, the, the hard-hit balls that he gives up. And, and uh, he might be susceptible to a guy being, uh, giving up uh, some home runs. But the mistakes he's able to minimize as, as much as possible. And, and I think that's another thing that they like to see is a guy who can really go out there and be his own sort of pitching coach, his own sort of, you know, self-correct and, and, and keep getting you through games. Uh, that's, that's Aaron Savali in a nutshell. And I think that's one of the, the big things that, uh, that Cleveland likes about him, uh, especially in, in, you know, not necessarily young age-wise, but young experience-wise. I mean, he really hasn't thrown a, a full season yet uh, for Cleveland. So uh, we're, we're, we're hoping to see that in 2022 and to, to, to make a judgment on him there. Uh, yeah, what are some, that, I'm sorry, go on, Joe. What are some of the things that Aaron Savali needs to do better, I guess, moving into next season? What are the things that he can work on? Well, you know, that, that's a good point. Um, you know, I think uh, when you look at, you know, he, like you said, he, 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 his hard hit, you know, his hard hit percentage went up this year. He's, and I think people, you know, they get a good look at him. They're getting, you know, this is his, you know, third season, but not, you know, not his third year in the big leagues. Uh, but so people, you know, are, are getting a, a good look at him. Uh, the hitters are getting a good look at him. Uh, but I think his, his ability to mix pitches and like you said, to go, uh, to, to go from the cutter to the, the slider to the, to the four seamer, whichever seems to be working that day and not depend on one pitch. I think that that's going to serve him well. And that's probably something he, he can continue to do and, and, and can, can, can continue to improve on next year. Now, as far as uh, what, what I think he needs to improve on uh, Aaron Savali is a, a little mini Kluber type uh when it comes to personality, you really don't know, you know, what he's thinking, what he's feeling out there. It doesn't show a lot of emotion on the field. He's the opposite of what Cal Quantrill gave you with that fiery emotion on the mound uh, this past season. Uh, but it works for him. He's very cerebral. You know, I had the opportunity to, to follow him around at the, the Great Lakes Science Center uh, when he was interacting with kids. And he was, you know, he was bubbly and personable there, but uh, very sort of you know, quiet and, and, and not, not necessarily shy, but you don't, you don't know really what's going on between the years with Savali uh, once he's out there on the mound and when he's around his teammates in the, in the clubhouse. Uh, it, he could definitely use uh, some, some pointers on dealing with the media in terms of uh, giving us a little more because his, his answers are sometimes rather dry. But if that's the worst complaint that we have about Aaron Savali, I think we'll, we'll deal with it. Uh, you know, he's, he's, he's a really good guy. It's just, he doesn't really necessarily give you a lot to chew on when you're interviewing him. Yeah. And I, you know, I don't know how you do this. If, you know, he, the, as we said earlier, the long ball kind of hurt him and, uh, kind of, you know, we did not see that in his first two seasons with the Indians. He didn't get, 
he didn't get really burned by the by the home run. And I don't know if that had something to do. I'm sure it had something to do with the long layoff. Uh, he, he came back and gave up, you know, nine home runs, gave up 23 for the season. So, you know, that's probably a point of emphasis for him to, you know, keep the ball in the park. Yeah, it looks uh... – I think everybody would want to keep the ball in the park, uh, you know, as a, as a pitcher, but uh, definitely Savali, something he could work on minimizing those numbers and, and maybe missing a few more bats uh, and to, to get him deeper into games this year. All right. Uh, that'll wrap it up for Aaron Savali. And for today's podcast, we've got uh, a, a full week's worth of uh, guys lined up from uh, Fran Mil Reyes to Miles Straw. Uh, Zach Plesak and uh, Bradley Zimmer. Uh, we're using, uh, we're going uh, in each group of five, we're going by the, uh, these rankings that the, our subtext subscribers are giving us uh, each Sunday. I'll sort of put this out there and have them order the five guys that we're going to talk about each week. So uh, that'll help uh, and, you know, participate that way on subtext. It's good to hear from you guys. Uh, and we'll talk to you again uh, tomorrow on the Cleveland Baseball Talk podcast.